Lighthouse tourism attracted 622,000 people last year, according to a recently published figure by the Great Lighthouses of Ireland Partnership. That partnership involves leasing out properties at a number of automated lighthouses where former keepers' dwellings have been restored by the Irish Landmark Trust. One of the busy hosts of these coastal cottages is Gerald Butler. He was the keeper on Fastnet Rock during the ill-fated 1979 yacht race, but is now attendant keeper at Galley Head, also on the West Cork coast. Butler is a host with fantastic knowledge of that coast as he grew up in Galley Head, where his parents were lighthouse keepers before him, as he told Lorna Siggins during a recent visit. looking out now to a range of about 25 miles and to the east of us there that headland that you're looking at is called the Seven Heads and you can see a little dip slight dip in behind the watchtower out there if you look at that you will actually see you'll see the lighthouse at the old head flashing and he'll give a second one yeah can see it, yeah. yeah, it gives two flashes every 10 seconds. Nothing wrong with your eyesight. Long may it stay. Thank stuck you that. very much. Thank you very much indeed. So we're going into the cottage. Is this one of the cottages where you were reared? reared. Yes, this was our home. It's lovely. So there were 17 of you living here? Yeah, not really 17 because by the time the youngest was born, uh, some of the elders were away we're working. moving out. So there wouldn't have been any more than 12 of us. Okay, at any one time. <laughs> so a keeper had to be a bit of everything. Oh, a light keeper had, yeah. A light keeper had to be a bit of an engineer, a bit of a meteorologist, a bit of a cook, a bit of a housewife or house husband or house whatever you want to call it. You had to be able to fix something mechanical that would go off the engine failed. If the fog signal broke down, you had to be able to repair it. You had to be able to paint. You had to be able to tie ropes, tie knots, do seamanship. You had to be able to climb. You, you'd have somebody at a station who was good at one thing. At that same station, you'd have another fellow who was expert at something else. So you had different skills though they didn't carry a trade they nonetheless were maybe even beyond craft beyond postgraduate degrees really now <laughs> when you think of it yeah when you think of it it was and you were know. you ever in a situation where there might be a bit of tension between keepers oh gosh yeah but you learned to you learned to get on this now is the kitchen this used to be an oil store so when the light was electrified my late mother again to the fore asked the Irish lights if they would break in here and give her this as a kitchen because why she wanted it was for the beautiful view out to the west. The Irish lights were delighted because it meant that this little wing was going to be maintained. Yeah, this is where my father used to sit, looking out that window. Looking out (laughs) onto those rocks. Yeah. That's called the Dulic Rock where the sea is breaking. So what happened here and how this lighthouse came to be yeah. is back in the year 1871, there were two ships foundered on the head here. 
there was nobody lost on the two of those sinkings. And then 13 days later, there was a third ship lost in on the Long Strand called the Joseph Sprott. And all hands were lost on that. That matter was raised in the House of Commons then, the three of those sinkings, to know why this light did not go ahead when it was first recommended in 1846 to build a lighthouse here, but it didn't happen then anyway. And uh, then the Irish Lights went ahead and built the light. And this lighthouse and this station, everything you're looking at here now, was built by a man called William Martin Murphy. He was the founder member of the Irish Independent, the 1913 lockout man, shall I say, in Dublin, a Bantry man. And he's the man who built up this lighthouse. This place is steeped in history. There about uh, seven or eight years ago, there was a lady there from the UK. Her name is Rowena Riley. And Rowena was doing a research into her family background, found that her great-grandmother came from County Meath. But as a three-year-old child, she was shipwrecked on the Cork coast, having sailed from the South China Sea in 1871. The only known ship lost on the Cork coast from way down there in that year was the Joseph Sprott. When a sailing ship was coming into heavy weather and you had the like of a three or four year old child on it, you had to tie the child to the table, you had to tie it to the bed, you had to tie it to a post or something because when the ship would be heaving in the water, that child would be bounced from one side to the other. So they tied their child to a closed chest or a closed trunk. The ship broke up and sank very, very quickly and everybody was drowned. But up shot the box with this little girl tied onto it. And yeah, she was washed up onto the Long Strand. She was taken from there by a family called Galway. They were landowners in the area at the time in Kilkern and over in Greenfields and Ardfield. They got this little girl to be adopted by a prison warden on Spike Island in Cove. After this girl moved in with them, this man's wife died. And he headed back up to County Meath from where he came, brought the little girl with him. She remained in County Meath until she was about 14 and then she headed across to London, joined in with an Irish community in London and eventually forged out a good enough life for herself in as much as she became a nurse. Uh, she, she was given the name then of Minnie Thornton. She got married and it was the generation coming after her. They disposed of the clothes trunk that travelled with her. And how I would just give my back teeth to get a splinter of that closed trunk. Because that's a brand new piece of history that Rowena has just uncovered about the galley head. Yeah. The Irish Landmark Trust, they kind of partnered up with the Irish Lights because these houses now were becoming vacant. Yeah. My father was dead, my mother was uh, now the attendant keeper, but she was retiring and moving on herself. So the Irish Landmark Trust then looked at this and yes, it was quite possible for them to restore it. They let it out as a holiday let. For you though, growing up here now, your memories of growing up and then your mother, your father and you working as keepers and yeah. people coming and staying here. How do you find that? I always look at it to know anything consider the alternative so when you consider the alternative if this didn't happen most likely a zillionaire from way beyond would probably buy it lock the gates nobody will get to experience it and i'd say i might 
I do look after the lighthouse, I'd say I'd nearly have to get permission to come and look after the lighthouse. It's uh, absolutely fabulous to be able to welcome people here from, you take now the like of New York. Um, people come here from such a busy, busy, busy uh, city and noise and mayhem all around them. And they wake up here in the morning after coming and there's nothing, not a sound. They can hear the seagulls. They open the door and they can hear the waves slapping off the shore. Do you miss not living here? Uh, yeah. Even though I live in a, in a lovely place and all that, I would give my back teeth to live here. But yeah. 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 And it's beautiful at night when people stay here to stand near the cliff wall there with their back to the round wall and you'll see these shafts of light, the five of them, and they're sweeping across the ocean. Massive, big, powerful lights. Mesmerising in a way to see that. And how beautiful that you don't have to give your back teeth if you want to go and stay there. More details on irishlandmarktrust.com. That was Lorna Siggins talking to Galley Head's attendant keeper, Gerald Butler.